0: The Darman Perkei, Mishnah Hei 5 5, and a straight continuation of the previous Mishnah, which had differentiated between property which was Shel Ole Bavel, owned by the entire Jewish people, in which if Reuven would take a nether against Shimon or vice versa, it would not restrict their respective uses of such a property, but a dover Shel Osoa Ir, things that belong to a particular city, and Reuven and Shimon are residents of that city, and they, commuted, they contributed their. You know, funds towards it. So, in fact, says the Mishnah, Reuven and Shimon could restrict one another from benefits. So here the Mishnah will explain that a little further. It says, ole bavel. What is an example? What are examples of things which are like the Ole bavel property that belongs to the entire Jewish people and therefore Reuven couldn't take a netter that would restrict Shimon's use of them? Kagon, for example, Har Habayis, the Temple Mount, Va'azaros, the various courtyards in the Temple and some sort of like, you know, cistern, water cistern, a water repository, and that's in the middle of the road for the benefit of whoever needs it as they're traveling. So those are the kind of things that Reuven couldn't restrict Shivan or vice versa from using. But Here, what's an example of municipal property where one could restrict the other? Could go on, for example, HaRachava, the town square. Remember, for example, in Masechus and Megillah, we talked about selling the town square. So you see the residents... Um, the technicalities of what, when, and how they could sell it. The point is, they can, under certain circumstances, get together and sell it, which means it's theirs. So, therefore, Reuven has a stake and Shimon has a stake. And if Reuven would take a netter against Shimon, Shimon couldn't, um, you know, set up shop in the town square. Vah Merchat, same goes for a public bathhouse. Obesa Knessas, let's call that the, the shul. Vah Teva, the. the um, like Arun Kodesh, where they keep the Sefer Torah, the Sfarim, and all the books on the shelves in the base of midrash, the public library, all those are paid by public funds, and therefore all the people who contributed have equal stakes in them, stakes in them, and therefore Reuben could effectively restrict Shimon's access to them. Now, there's missing words in the Mishnah. The that period, we're done with that. Now, the Mishnah wants to say what happens. The Mishnah wants to address the following point, which is inexplicit. What happens if you know Reuven really doesn't like Shimon, and he just doesn't. He thinks, you know, Shimon disrespected his wife and Shimon will never get benefit from him ever again. But Reuven doesn't want that Shimon can, can't go to shul anymore and read from the Sfarim and the base of Midrash that are belonged by the public. So he wants to at least um, cede his ownership in those things such that that would allow Shimon to get, make use of them, you know, the town square and so on. So what could he do? So the answer is that Reuven could give his portion formally to a third party. And therefore, if Reuven transfers his stake in the base Knesset says, to somebody else, Reuven has no stake in it anymore, and therefore now Shimon can go in, no problem. So, how do you do that, says the Mishnah? Nasi. The way you do that, says the Mishnah, again, we're missing a bunch of words, but the, the answer to that unasked question is, the way you do it is that Reuven would assign his property over to the Nasi, the head of the Jewish people, the Nasi of the base the Bezdin, Senhedrin Agadol, and then that would... Um, Make it no longer uh, Ruven's, and therefore Shimon can make use of it. So now the mission wants to focus. Why we focus on the nasi per se? Is that is that relevant? Reb Omer echad kosav nasi ve echad kosav says it makes no difference. The nasi is the same as the as any other Hediot, meaning any other non nasi. They're all um, no difference. How you assign, I'm the one. Sharkos nasi ain tsarch and the point. Excuse me. So, um, if they're really the same things, then why do we pick on the nasi? The answer is, well, there's just one technical difference, which is when you're transferring your stake over to the nasi himself, so then um, the difference is, You don't need a formal ma'asekini, you don't need a formal act to transfer ownership. No one needs to do like a khalipa No one has to pick up their kippah or their handkerchief or something to transfer. Simply writing it down on a piece of paper star is enough to transfer it to the 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 Nasi. And that only works mechanically because the Bezdin said it should and through the power of Hefker, and Hefker, Hefker, they say that allows you to sort of relinquish ownership and go to the Nasi. So it's like, a, well, I guess, extra legal almost and very unusual. But the point is, um, we made this possibility so that we can do what we want to do. And um, in contrast, when it comes to a, a the non-Nasi, anybody else, the hetiot, anybody else, so then simply Reuven writing a contract saying, I'm giving my rights up in the shul to give it to Levi, would not be effective. You'd actually do a, have to do a formal kinyan. someone has to actually do a whatever it is, a Chalipin or some kind of act that would transfer, formally transfer Reuven's um, rights in the shul to this to the hetiot to Levi, let's say. So that's Rebbe Huda's position. The Chum says actually no difference whatsoever. At all events, you need to do some kind of ma'as even to the Nasi, and there's no extra-legal superpower that the Nasi has that he can receive something just by way of a, a written contract without any kinyin, any a'kinyan there. So... If that's the case, so then why do we mention the nasi? What's he have to do with anything? So the Mishnah says, in the name of the Chachamim, The reason we brought the nasi into the picture is just because that was a normal thing to do. If you're looking for an independent third party, you know, and you, let's say you're afraid. Maybe Reuven's afraid the same way he messed up Shimon with his nether. If he gives it to Levi, maybe Levi says to Reuben, You know what, Reuven, I'm going to give you a taste of your medicine. Levi says, you know, Shimon's my friend too. And I'm making nether against you, Reuven. You're stuck out of shul, now see how you like that. So the point is to avoid all that. We give it to the nasi, says the chum, because the nas is above that. Presumably, the nasi is not going to get involved in, you know, petty things like that. and so therefore he's like a safe, sort of independent third party. Rebudah Omer, so now Rebudah. This is like a new paragraph for the same idea. Rebuta Omer, ein anashim, excuse me, ein Sheha Galil. The men who, the residents of the northern part of Israel and Galil, they do not they don't need to even do any sort of um, contract to solve this problem. Shekfar of Hossein al yadehem because their forebears or ancestors already took care of this, assigning their rights in the public property to the to the nasi, whoever it is, out of their hands, and, and that way there's there's no possibility of you know bad, ill ill-tempered, impetuous you know Galilee residents taking the darm to mess up their neighbors from their municipal. Property, So they're not to, it's not going to work. Now, Halakhla Misa, like I told you in the previous Mishnah, the Roshonim, the Ravid, took a cue from that line of the Mishnah that to sort of act preemptively to stop this kind of terribly divisive activity from happening. And therefore, already nowadays, there's no way for anybody to restrict their fellow town residents, even from town property where they are co-owners, because like of, of communal property um, through the dorm, we restrict that. Of course, private ownership, like two partners in a private hutzer, could still, one could still restrict the other. But for public things, municipal things like a shul, basically as us, town square, public library, that kind of thing, um, definitely not.